hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to Birds of a Feather. Just your girl, AJ, the Suburban Princess tonight. Um, we are going to definitely stick to our schedule tomorrow night. Uh, first night of NFL Draft 2022 in Vegas, baby. Um, for all those who are going, please be safe because I was not planning on going. Um, neither was Eddie B as he's working. And tomorrow night we will be chatting together like we did last year because it was so much fun. And hopefully next year, I mean, this year we'll have even more people interested in joining our uh, broadcast. So once again, birds of a feather, AJ the Suburban Princess here. Well, I decided I was just going to do a solo pod anyway, because I figured now is the time to kind of just be real with ourselves as fans. We've been here. We've been in these positions where our team kind of goes this wonky, wonky way. And uh, it's no different from what the Sixers are doing right now. They seem to be kind of losing faith in each other, getting tired. The Raptors are proving to be more than just um, a three-game challenge. Um, and now we're forced to watch them uh, hopefully win back in Toronto, which they shouldn't have gone to had they just ended everything last night in game four which similarly is no different from how things ended in the second round last year. But the difference was that was the second round. This is the first round. Now, mind you, I can go back to my insecure ways and say, I remember when I said I didn't think they were going to even get in the playoffs. Then I thought they're not going to get past the first round. And now they're proving me right, but it's not over. So technically I'm not right. But I, I didn't think they were going to struggle once they got over the first two games, but then I thought that's home. They have to play away. And once they played in Toronto, it was kind of obvious that the Raptors knew exactly how to show up and adjust. And the problem with that is, is the Sixers seem to forget how to do the same. And that is getting tiresome. And it doesn't seem to matter what coach, whether it's doc, whether it's, um, Oh my gosh, who was it before? Brett Brown. You know, it really doesn't matter. It comes down to chemistry. It comes down to uh, mindfulness. It comes down to trusting each other. It comes down to communication. And all this stuff they had mastered, it seemed, most of the season, even with Harden coming in late in the season. And now Harden seems to be a big question mark because now you don't know. Um, you don't know whether or not he's still feeling that bad hammy or if he's seriously doesn't have any of the ups that he used to have before. Um, a lot of the, a lot of the play last night was embarrassing because it was just very sleepy. It was almost like they forgot that they were playing last night. Embiid seemed like even with this, you know, torn ligament in his right thumb, he was still practicing uh, as well as any other team member would be with an injury that's going to be lingering until off season. Now, mind you, it could be coming sooner than they hoped, but. I would have loved to seen a very convincing second round uh, battle with the Heat because I would love to see Jimmy in um, full form against Embiid, who's kind of in his own little way. Um, technically, he is in playoff form because let's face it, every year Embiid is always hurt. But the difference is Embiid plays through it. So that's one thing that makes him an MVP in my in my um, book. But clearly at this point, the way the NBA works is they seem to want some kind of flawless um, play from the whole regular season as well as into the into the postseason and Embiid's just a human guy you know um, they're going to probably still vote Jokic um, or Giannis um, the MVP but you see how they're setting it up because they're giving all the minor categories in between each series and awarding players during their practice days 
So I would not be shocked if Embiid is still ignored for the MVP because at this point he's still in the same predicament and he still hasn't been able to get able to get over the hump. But you'd be lying to me if you really honestly don't think that he is the most valuable player on this team. Clearly that's the problem because he's so valuable. Everybody else feels unworthy to back him up or at least forgets how to back him up when he needs them the most. Most of that game last night was hard to watch. In fact, I found myself cooking. I know when I'm not really paying attention to most of the first half, I'm not interested because they're not giving me anything to watch. By the third quarter, it looked more of the same. In fact, I even turned to the Brooklyn Nets game, saw they were getting whipped, and then eventually realized they were going to get swept. And I went back to our game, and there's nothing that had changed. Um, the lead was still within 10, um, if not 8 or 5, but they never seemed to take the lead, and that's not good when you're home. So to think that they would go and take the lead tomorrow night is a good thought in the beginning, but in hindsight, is it realistic? Because what do they have left? If they think that Joel's playing timid now, if they think Joel's not taking the lead now, I mean, he did do a dunk. I mean, I was hoping he wouldn't even dunk. I figured figured that was the whole reason why he has the injury in the first place. So I thought he was going to avoid that and just, you know, concentrate more on assisting. But it seemed like the spacing was messed up. It seemed like a lot of guys didn't know what to do. I don't know how by game four you don't understand your opponent. This should be the game that they should understand what they lack and what they can do and then just exploit that. So I don't know what Doc does to teams after they're up 3-0, but the rumor is that he doesn't know how to uh, adjust in game. And that seemed to be a problem with Brett Brown. So now I'm wondering, is it just a Sixers problem? Like, Is it just we don't have all the tools yet? And I don't know how we don't have all the tools yet at this point because Harden was supposed to be that last piece, at least for right now. Um, and Ben doesn't seem to have been the real problem, but I think it's amazing that someone like Ben Simmons can single-handedly destroy two franchises without playing a single game. You know, the Nets got swept by the Celtics. They're just on a tear now out of nowhere because I didn't even see the Celtics even excelling. Um, Because it's been a while, honestly, since the Celtics um, have had any reason to draw attention. But, I mean, the Knicks even had a run during the regular season. Everybody thought the Knicks was going to show a new thing. And then, you know, and now here we have a play-in tournament and now the Mavericks are looking pretty decent. You know, the Jazz are just going to always be the Jazz. Um, at this point, I just wonder if Bradley Beal is still, is still a possibility in the offseason. Because even if they, you know, want to save face because, you know, we have Daryl Morley, you know, is he just going to keep Harden on a, like a two-year contract and he'll just play off the bench or whatever, whatever? Um, or are they just going to just scrap it, you know, just decide that he's not the same dude and Daryl just end up, signing somebody else. Realistically, I know that's not going to happen. As quick as us fans decide to discard people, that's just not how it works in sports. So we're going to have to deal with the reality that Harden will be back next year. I think he already has a two-year uh, contract anyway. So it depends on what happens. I mean, anything can happen if they really want to get out of it. Um, but I don't think the Sixers front office has been very savvy in their experimental phase since um, they switched up on the GM. I don't think it really uh, it really equivocates to a productive off season if there's not much to work with salary cap wise and they're not willing to let go of some of the uh, bench players. Now, our bench is very young. Our bench has not always been consistently 
adaptable. And clearly last night they had lost their step for backing up Embiid when he sat down. Whereas it seemed like that was being cured just before the playoffs started. It seemed like somehow the bench, Tobias, everybody was getting more energized even without Embiid. So we thought, okay, they got that down. So now we just need to put this together in the playoffs. And the first two games, obviously home was an advantage, but I don't think the mentality should change whether you're home or you're away. I mean, if they defend you better, that's fine. But you can't tell me by game four, you still don't understand how to how to defend this team. And the reality is the more I listen to sports radio and callers and stuff, and the few that did sound intelligent, there were some that just said that they just don't have the bodies the way that the Raptors have bodies to fill in at key moments uh, defensively. And Matisse wasn't even a factor because Matisse couldn't even hit a layup last night. I understand you're out of practice, but there's no way you should look like a total rookie all over again when his rookie year was his best year. So I think Matisse is just confidence. I think he's not engaged. I think that a lot of this whole him, you know, not deciding to get fully vaccinated um, has become a problem, obviously, but it's obviously hindered a lot of teams. I mean, the Nets suffered without most of the year without Kyrie, and now it's a question of whether or not Kyrie is really even worth you know, uh, keeping a board when he's just going to run into these problems again, when, you know, the COVID strains get stronger, you know, after the season's over. So it's just going to go into the same issues. Matisse is still not going to be able to get to Canada, even when they keep him for next year. Um, he could still end up being a good trading chip. I mean, at this point, I even am fine with the idea of them getting rid of Matisse just for the sake of trying to bring, you know, if you got to sacrifice half the bench just to get Bradley Beal, do it. Because at this point, I'd rather just keep Paul Reed. I'd rather just keep um, Bassey. I'd rather keep all the young bucks that have pretty much run through the G League pretty well, even if they didn't um, successfully play for the actual NBA. Um, the G League made a lot of noise. So I don't think a lot of the guys, Shake, Matisse, Furkan, would be missed. I think they could play roles on other teams that still don't have it together. Um, and I think honestly, a change of scenery helps some players develop, you know, maybe we just don't have the coaching staff that can get Matisse and get other guys shake into the next level. Because even though I was truly a proponent of using the youth to fill the spaces where Embiid and Harden can't, clearly it didn't work last night. Or again, Doc showed his ass because he didn't know when to sub them. You know, I think at times Paul Reed shouldn't have been in there that early. I think Paul Reed was sure was surely someone you sprinkle in before half and then a little bit in the middle of the second. And then that's it. And for him to be in there so early, that's another reason why I think I lost interest because there are times that Paul B ball Paul is effective and it just was not ha happening last night because they were already out of step. The Raptors had already challenged them so early that that game pretty much was a wrap from second quarter on. And that's not good at all. So if the Sixers start out hot tomorrow because they're pissed that they're even back in Canada, I mean, the worst that could happen is that everybody gets sick because they're back in that environment again. And, you know, and then everybody's energy is low, even Maxie's. And then, you know, they just phone it in again. I don't want them coming back to Philly for a game seven. I want them to end it Sixers and six in the six and shut it down because whether or not be uh, Embiid uh, can hit again a three-pointer the way he did in game in game three. I'd rather it come down to Maxi or Tyrese. I mean, yeah, hello, same person. Tyrese or Tobias or hell, even uh, Shake. 
You know, I need somebody who can have a definite stroke because if Harden can't deliver at that key moment, he's going to have to assist somebody in a key moment so that they have their moment. You know, maybe Maxie will be the one to save the day. I would love for him to be able to have the winning basket in, in a game that's a way that means like elimination. That would be such um, an ego boost for him. And it would encourage Doc that you can trust in the youth to seal a game. And if it if it comes down to that, I just pray it's in regulation. They don't need to have any overtime bullshit anymore. Like that that game just showed that it took every single ounce in their bodies to even get that win away from home. And again, I go back to it shouldn't really matter where you're located. You just still have the same mindset every game. Yeah, you're going to be a little tired, but as soon as they start getting in your face, you got to find ways to avoid the block. There has to be a mindset that the coach is not afraid to just call them out and just say like, what are you doing, Joel? Like stop waiting for them to come to you. Just, just force the D or what, or just get the foul. Like, fuck it. Like, you know, they're going to be waiting for him to be clumsy tomorrow night too, because now he feels he can't be himself. And that gets in your head. It becomes like really psychosomatic. And suddenly everybody is just as um, sloppy as you are. And that's exactly what happened last night. It was embarrassing. It was embarrassing for them to be coming home and be able to be in a game five and not be able to say, okay, we shouldn't even be here, but we're going to, we're going to shut it down tonight. And they didn't, they were waiting for the other person to take the lead. And that's not good because I feel like we've been here before again with this team. It's just a couple different role players, but it's the same result. It's like, you're, you're putting too much trust in the other man when it should be you, you know? Putting too much pressure in Joel is really what's leading to this too, because Joel is not interested in always taking the lead, especially when he's hurt. Um, he'll get motivated when he sees his team um, losing ground, but you can't expect him for all 48 minutes of the game to just be out there and just be taking hits left and right when you guys have shown perfectly well in the regular season that you can do this without him. So I just worry that it'll come down to you know, something stupid or something, something extra aggressive on the, on the Sixers side, that's going to get them into a position of taking the lead and keeping it. And I don't know what that's going to be. I don't know who's going to be the person to do it, but I mean, hell, if it's got to be even cork moss in the last fourth quarter, so be it. You know, if you got to bring that home in the fourth quarter and regulation and take it home, so be it. But it, it definitely screws you up for the next round because you don't know who you can trust to start out. I mean, obviously you have to start your starters, but as the game progresses in the second half when the, when the other team adjusts, who do you trust that's going to bring it back? And that is the question that Doc seems not to be able to answer, and neither does the team. Or maybe they do know and they just are too afraid to step on each other's toes. But at this point, you shouldn't be scared to do anything. It's like all hands on deck when you're in the playoffs because you know it's one and done. And I just don't know why they're having a problem with that um, situation in the first place. But I need to put my cord in. So hold on for one moment. out. I had invited Rai Guy to come on, but I don't think he was able to respond in time by the time I sent him an email. But maybe before I shut down my broadcast, he'll be able to chirp in just for a little bit. 
Um, I've never done this with inviting somebody as I'm videotaping, so this should be interesting. But anyway, okay, so tomorrow is the first night of the drafts, and getting away from the Sixers and the whole disappointment, the realism of being a Phillies fan is to constantly be um, constantly be in a state of awareness that any freaking thing can go wrong. Um, things can go down the way you don't want them to. Um, sometimes, excuse me, I don't know how much of a... Okay. All right. So I don't know if things will change as far as, you know, front office picks for the draft. I don't know if Howie is thinking about going wide receiver. We also don't know if this whole shakeup with the first round pick being for the Jaguars, um, a defensive guy as opposed to um, a quarterback. Um, a lot of stuff changes when, you know, the first five picks start swapping and stuff early. Um, I think from what I've noticed is that there seems to be a lot of like, there seems to be a lot of shuff, shuff, shucking and jiving with the players that who they think should go first, as opposed to who is, is, you know, actually going, Oh, cool. I got an email back from Jim. Um, I just get to a point where I start wondering, like, what exactly is the point of drafts if you don't, I mean, just like if any of you saw my last pod with Nick from um, 92.5 uh, WX, I can never say it, 92.5 WXTU Country Station, we had a pod last minute. She was talking about how you, it's a crapshoot, it's hit or miss, you don't know what's going to happen. There are a lot of things that could go right for the for the Eagles, but then come playtime, they're not ready or they have a major injury, which seems to happen a lot because of all the OTA action, because all the uh, early tra trainings, uh, training sessions they have in May and then going into June and July and then August for preseason. So they use their bodies a lot in a shorter period of time that maybe some of these players aren't used to, depending on how they were uh, trained and conditioned in you know their university. So hold on for one moment.
Okay, so it looks like me and Rye won't connect, but the Fourth and John guys are about to pop on. So I am going to close down my broadcast and uh, switch over to them live.